0: Have anxieties around money and think that that's just the way that life is. That might be the hand that you were dealt, but you don't have to keep buying into that being your only option. I don't know what it looks like for you to change. I don't know what it looks like for you to potentially, you know, have a little side hustle or, you know, do something that makes you some extra money. But I also for sure know. That when women gain financial independence, when they make their own money, when they can pay their own bills, when they figure out how to turn that faucet on, we don't just take care of ourselves. We don't go buy new clothes. We don't go get a new bag. When women gain financial independence, they take care of their communities. They take care of their family. They take care of their kids. Like, it's way bigger than just having extra cash because you want to drive a nicer car. Hi, guys. It's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today's podcast episode comes from LA traffic. Okay? That is where the impetus for this entire conversation (laughs) is coming from today. And uh, if you find this episode helpful in any way, I know some of you listen to every single day of the show. Some of you listen every once in a while. But if there's something in this that you find helpful, will you just put it out in the world? Will you send it to your girlfriend? Will you send it to your sister or your husband or your bestie or put it in your Instagram stories or something like that? The show will always be free to you guys. And the only thing I ask is that if you find it helpful, you just sort of send it out into the universe. So today we're going to talk about... Things you might not realize that you can totally change, okay? Things you might not realize you can totally change. And this comes, like I said, this episode comes from driving in LA traffic. So I'm just going to jump into the very first thing that I'm not sure people realize they can change, where you live, Okay. You can change where you live. Now, now I'm going to unpack this fully. I moved back to LA recently and going from the countryside in Texas back into LA, which I lived in for like 20 years, so I'm super familiar with the traffic. But something that I just sort of conveniently forgot existed is honking. LA drivers love to honk, okay? There's a lot of honking going on. And it was super jarring when I first moved back to the city. I uh, I have some issues around surprising loud noises. So all of a sudden to find myself in this environment where like everybody's honking and for point of reference, most of the time, I'm walking. I walk kind of everywhere. So when people are honking, I'm like, ah, cause it's right here, right? On this particular day, I was driving to the airport. And there was someone who was honking in the lane next to me because the car in front of them wasn't driving fast enough for their liking. Yes, this is a thing that happens in Los Angeles. You don't just honk when someone is like, you know, not turning at the light when they should be or when you're about to get into an accident. Yes, legally, that is what you're supposed to do. But people here honk because they're angry, right? They honk because they're pissed off. They honk because you are doing something that they don't want you to do. And so they're going to let you know. So the car beside me is, you know, just freaking out about the person in front of them not driving fast enough. And my boyfriend is like, my God, like what is wrong with people? Calm down. And I was thinking about everything that I was watching and his reaction to it and really sitting with what kind of place you would have to be in in your day to be that angry over someone going three miles below the speed limit. And I always try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think, you know what, maybe they're running late for work and they really need this job. Maybe something's going on. Yes, maybe they are just a jerk. But like, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And here's the thing that I realized. Drivers in LA are not okay. There's a lot of people here who are not okay. And they're stressed out. They're overwhelmed. They're trying to take on too much. They're in a city that is very expensive. And as we were driving to the airport, I just thought, do people realize that they can move? Now, let me fully give context to this because not everyone can move. Not everyone has the financial resources. Some people are tied to a location because they're taking care of aging parents or their job is here or whatever reason, there are so many people who do not have the privilege or the luxury of moving the city they live in. But that's not who I'm talking to. I am talking to whoever is listening to this right now who is in a town that has no opportunity for them and their family. They're in a town maybe that they grew up in, still doing the same shit, talking to the same people, going to the same place on Friday night and wondering why their life doesn't change. I am talking to the person listening to this who it literally has just never occurred to you that you could move to the city, you know, 10 minutes outside of town. You could move to the city in the next state. You could move to a new country. I just thought, does this person who in today's story, just for point of reference, was in a BMW, so I have to assume you got a little bit of extra cash on hand, and you're crazy stressed out, and clearly this is not going your way, do you know that you could change your life? Do you know you could just pack up everything and go try a new location, and if that location doesn't work, you could always come back to where you are? I know that what I'm saying, in fact, kind of everything I'm saying today is going to sound like, well, it's not that easy, Rach. It isn't, and it is. Yes, there's these big, massive, complex things in our life that we can obsess over and talk to death and spiral out on and tell ourselves all of these stories, or it can be as cut and dry as, let's try something else. You're super stressed out in your town or there's no opportunity in your town or there's the wrong kind of influence in your town, move. And you're like, I don't know how. Yeah, I didn't know how to move to another state until I figured it out. And for what it's worth, I moved to another state, I guess it would have been almost six years ago now, I moved from Southern California where I had lived my entire life to Austin, Texas. And not only did I move myself, but I moved my four children. I moved my business. So I moved people who worked with me. So I, it wasn't just find a house, find a schools for your kids. It was also find a place for the business to exist, file all this new paperwork, find new employees. It was like a whole freaking thing. And I remember when we did that, how many people are like, what are you doing? This was a while ago. This wasn't when everyone started moving during COVID. This was like nobody was doing this. And uh, Lauren Bostick, who does the Skinny Confidential, I remember her telling me when you said you were moving to Austin, we looked at each other and we were like, what is she talking about? She will, how could you possibly run a business anywhere but in LA or New York or Chicago? And lo and behold, They ended up moving to Austin and moving their media company there and are just massively successful and thriving. Their family's doing so well because they made the change. And I just thought it was worth saying, do you guys know that you can move? And even if you're hearing this and you're like, I am one of the people that you mentioned, I don't have the financial resources. I don't have X, Y, and Z in place to be able to do that. Okay, then what is it going to take for you to get to that point? Like, if you're like, you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I would freaking kill to go live in Hawaii and work from Hawaii. Or I would, you know, die to go spend a year in Europe. Okay. So think of the goal that you would like to have and let's back up from there. What is it going to take for you to have this thing that you would like, like how much money are you gonna need? Where are you gonna live? The easiest thing to do is to start with the goal that you've got and then just go start doing research about other people who have made that same decision and arm yourself with some information, okay? So let's just start there. If your current environment is not serving you at the highest freaking levels, move. And let me just add one more quick thought on this. If you are trying to do something, if you are trying to make moves, start a business or have a career in a certain industry that has a town attached to it, if you want to be an actor, fantastic. What kind of actor? Oh, you want to be a film actor or a TV actor? Great. You need to be in L.A. If you want to be in theater, fantastic. You need to be in New York. Oh, you want to be in tech? You want to start your own tech business, that's awesome. You need to move to Silicon Valley or maybe Austin, Texas. You need to be in the city where the stuff is happening. You guys ever seen Hamilton? You want to be in the room where it happens. And 100%, you could try and achieve your goal from the place that you're at. You could be like, I want to be an actress and I'm rocking it in Des Moines. That's fantastic. That is going to be hard, hard AF. You're going to have to get yourself into the right environment to be able to have the opportunity, make the connections, network, freaking feel the energy of the town, like learn through osmosis, be able to go to events, like you got to be in the room where it happens. Some of you are really struggling and it feels really hard, not because you're not trying, not because you're not smart, not because you're not dedicated, but because the environment you are inside of is wrong for you. Boats don't sink because of the water that's around them. Boats sink because of the water that gets inside of them. So it's impossible for you to stay around these people, stay in the city, stay with the same stuff, keep talking to the same crew, like the same things over and over and over. It's impossible to be in that water and have it not get inside of you. So you got to rise above that and really see your life for what it is right now. You have one freaking shot. This isn't even just for those of you who are trying to achieve something or trying to work towards a goal. When we moved to Austin, it was because we wanted a slower quality of life. We wanted a slower pace. We wanted a neighborhood. We wanted an environment that we hadn't had for our kids before. We wanted to try that. So we weren't trying to go there to like achieve more, we were trying to go there to sort of lower our nervous system after some pretty intense years. So whatever it is you are hoping to manifest in your life, consider that the reason you might not have it is because you're in the wrong place. The second thing that you can totally change is your job, is the way that you make money. There are way too many of you listening to this that hate your job and keep doing it because the thought of trying to find something new feels impossible to you. There are way too many of you who are settling for a really toxic work environment. You're settling for work that just sort of robs you of joy. You're settling for this because you're like, well, Rach, I got bills to pay. I got babies to feed. Yes, you do. That is real. But there are so many freaking ways to pay your bills, to make money, to bring home the bacon, to excel when it comes to your finances. We just get stuck in a rut. And we keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And it feels too hard to make a change. So I would love to talk to you about some ways that you can totally change your job. The first thing I'm going to say is that never, 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 ever. (laughs) I was going to say maybe sometimes, no, never. Should you be thinking, oh, I just need a job that can accommodate the schedule that I want to have like in my future life. So I just need something that can like pay the bills. I don't really care what it is. I just need this thing so that I can like work the hours I want to work. I just want to clock in. I want to do my time and I want to bounce. This is a much more popular idea for I think a younger generation than mine. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Maybe you don't really care what the job is. You're not invested in it in any way. You just want to get that money, get that bag, and bounce. I respect that you do not want your job to be your life. But here's the reality. Most of us will spend more time at work than we will in our waking hours at home. Most of us will spend more time with our coworkers than we will with our family that is what is true for most people in the world. You got to work to make money so that you can feed yourself, so you can pay rent. I said this in a recent episode. Unless you are a trust fund baby or you have figured out a way to live off the land and off the grid and you don't need any form of currency to survive in this world, that is fantastic. We love that for you. Please make a YouTube channel and tell us how you do it. But for the rest of us, we're going to spend a lot of time at work. I just can't See a world where you have a job that you hate, or you have a job that's completely unfulfilling, or you have a job that's totally boring, but you think it's not going to matter because you just want that money and then you're going to bounce. You're like, I don't really care about this. I'm just here and then I'm bouncing. And I'm like, You're spending so much time. Why wouldn't you just choose a job that you care about? You ever like go get coffee and the barista or the person checking you out? at the register, they're just so freaking joyful. They're chatting with everybody. They're super happy. They're talking to you about the menu. They make the experience so fantastic. And you're just like, this person is like, she's meant to be here doing this right now. She is vibing this moment. She's in her element. She's living her life, right? On the flip side of that, you see someone who like is taking your order at the coffee shop and you're like, this person hates it here. They do not want to be here, they're super bitter, they're super pissed. I'm not even sure they like other people, which is very fair. If you're an introvert, it's probably super uncomfortable to have to work the register. You'd much rather be the one making the coffee, right? We've all encountered people who are in the same job, but one person is thriving in it and the other person hates it. This mythology that all jobs are equal because you're just there for the money is BS. It's going to affect you. So choose something in the same financial bracket that you actually think you could enjoy. There are so many ways to make money, but most people will just look for what's the most obvious thing. I had a friend whose teenager got her first job and she got her first job at a fast food place. And I was like, first of all, good for you, because that's a really hard worker that takes a ton. Like, But I remember when she got it, that my girlfriend was telling me, oh, she's working at this fast food place. And to be totally fair, it was a, a pretty crappy fast food place. It wasn't, you know, there are some like that are supposed to be amazing and they're really great for the kids who work there and they, you know, leadership and training and all this stuff, hashtag Chick-fil-A. But There are other fast food places that are just garbage, and this was one of those. And I was telling my friend, like, oh, well, I heard Starbucks actually has a really good program, and I think they can, like, give you money for college. They have a really cool thing that they do. Or, hey, did you know that Chick-fil-A, the one in my neighborhood, was, like, $18 an hour, and they do training and all of this stuff? And she's like, no, I think she's fine. I said, well, out of curiosity, why did she choose that place? And my friend said, oh, she... Drove by, there was one by the house, and there was a sign in the window that said, Now hiring. And I know this girl was young, she's a teenager, but I just thought all jobs are not created equal. And if we teach our kids, let's say it's 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour, 18 bucks an hour, not all 18 bucks an hour are the same. You, when you are starting in a job, you are trading your time for money. And the only way that you're going to make more money in your life is that your time has to be more valuable. When you are first at an entry level job, you're a cog in a wheel. Your first job, you don't have any skills. They're going to have to train you on the job, right? So, like, whatever you are worth is probably minimum wage. The goal is that you are learning things in that environment that make your hourly wage more profitable. So just if you're curious, when it comes to me and my teenagers, they don't have jobs yet. I'm not totally sure yet how I feel about them having jobs while they're still in high school because I just, y'all know, if you have kids in high school, the amount of homework that they have, it's bananas. And I don't want to stress them out. And so I'm not totally sure. But one thing that I know for a fact is that when my kids get to the age where they want to get jobs, because they will because they want spending money just like I wanted spending money when I was a teenager, when it gets to that point where they're ready for a job, I'm not trying to help them get an entry-level job. I want to try and guide them to get something where they can move up quickly. I want them to understand the value of an hourly wage. And okay, if we're going to go work in this place? How can we use the skills that we're learning on the job to level up in six months, to level up in nine months, to make that hourly worth more? I just went on a hard tangent, I know, but I want you to understand this concept. Not all jobs are created equal. If you're going to change your job, there's a few different ways that you can do it, and I would like to tell them to you now so maybe you can start to marinate in this idea that it's possible for you to make a change in your career. The first one, is to stay in the same job but move to a different company. This is for those of you who are in an environment that sucks. Maybe your coworkers are the worst, maybe your boss is the worst, or maybe your current company is great but there's another company that pays more for the job that you do. So, it's the same job but a different company. My podcast producer for a very long time was incredible and She wanted to be a podcast producer, but she very specifically wanted to be a podcast producer in a certain genre. She wanted to work in true crime. She was like really into those shows. And she had been on the team for a few years and then started to look around for new stuff because she really wanted to be in that environment. You know, I am never going to make a true crime podcast. So she looked around until she found a job. She went through the interviews. She got the offer and she came to me and she was like, thank you so much for the time. This is literally my dream job. And I was like, freaking A, man. I'm so pumped for you. That is awesome. It wasn't that the environment was bad. It was that she wanted to be in a different business, but doing the same thing. The next one is same company, different job. This is where we get promoted. This is where if you work for a big enough firm, maybe you move to a completely different environment. This is something that you should absolutely consider. I was going to say earlier in your career, but honestly, at any point that you're like, you know what, I'm over here doing this thing, but I really would be interested in learning about legal affairs, or I'd really be interested in learning about PR and marketing. So it's the same company, but a different job. Same job, different company, same company, different job. The next way that you can change your career, the next way you can change how you make money is to start your own business, is to start a side hustle, is to start some way of making more cash to number one, improve the quality of your life as it is right now today. And number two, to start working towards something that you can take full ownership of you know speaking of my teenagers it occurred to me for the first time recently that i don't know if my kids will ever be able to work for a company like i'm really curious if when they grow up they'll be able to work inside a corporation because as long as memory sort of stretches back the the older kids can remember their dad working for a big corporation but the the majority of our life as a family was wrapped around entrepreneurship. And today, that is what they know. Like, they only know a world where I'm in charge of my schedule. They only know a world where I'm running my own stuff. They only know a world where I'm freaking doing a podcast for y'all without makeup or a bra on and getting paid really well to do the things that I'm doing. Like, they only know that world. So, I can't imagine them ever being able to survive a nine to five. And I have to tell you, because I know I I asked this question at tour, like I'll ask the audience, we play Never Have I Ever during tour. And the whole point is to identify some of the things in the room that people really want to do, but they don't have the courage to try. And when I ask Never Have I Ever Started My Own Business, half the room raises their hand and you're only supposed to raise your hand if you've never done it, but you really want to, I'm going to guess that you guys listening to this are probably the same, that you also maybe dream of what that would be like. And there's so many ways to go about this, so many freaking ways, so many different industries. I heard recently that right now in the US, there are 11 million small businesses for sale. 11 million. And one of the reasons all of those businesses are for sale is that we have a whole generation of baby boomers who are needing to retire and don't have anyone to give their business to. And there's a ton of great businesses that are maybe not flashy or sexy, but are really good opportunity to make some great ancillary income. If you're interested in this topic, I think Cody Sanchez, C O D I, I think she is. Killing the game in explaining to people, I forget what she calls them. Maybe it's like boring businesses, but it's sort of like unsexy businesses that make you a really nice living. But there's so many ways to do this. We have to stop buying into the narrative that, like, you get a job and then you do it for the rest of your life. No way. This life is too precious and you have too much potential to keep doing stuff that you hate. Just to pay your bills. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, market.com/reach thrivemarket.com/reach For what it's worth, so many of you are feeling burnt out and overwhelmed, and yes, it's because you're working hard and you're not resting the way you should and you're not filling up your cup, but more than anything, I think people are feeling burnt out and overwhelmed because there's no passion in their day. They're not excited about their work. They're not excited about what they're doing. And they keep doing it because they don't understand that there's an alternative. And so please hear me. There is an alternative. Every day of my life isn't, you know, lollipops and rainbows. Lots of parts of having your own business are incredibly difficult. But the upside has always been A billion times better than working for someone else ever was. And I would also just like to say that the community of entrepreneurs and small business owners are like, it is such a very specific group of people. They tend to be more driven. They tend to be more into personal development. They're more into health. They're more into community and collaboration. And just the reason I tell you that is because I feel like It's the people I wanna hang out with. My friend group over the last decade always has stemmed from this community because for lack of a better explanation, they're people I look up to. They're people you could admire. They're like inspirational to me. And those are the kind of friends I wanna have. So I'm just saying that today because I thought maybe some of you needed to hear that you can totally change your job And maybe you change your job and you start trying to figure out how you can make an extra $1,000 a month. A $1,000 a month extra could potentially change your life. The third thing that you can totally change is your relationship. We don't even need to go deep into this one. Some of you just need to hear someone say this today, and I will be the person Your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend is not good for you or is not good for you anymore. And you know it in your gut, in your heart of hearts. You know that they are no good for you. You know that you have outgrown them and you keep pouring all of your energy, all of your time, all of your resources into this person because you are so afraid of what will happen if you admit the truth. You are afraid that you will hurt them. You are afraid that you will hurt yourself. You are afraid that you will not find someone else. You are afraid that other people will be mad at you. You can change your relationship. Now, Maybe what you need to hear me say today is that your relationship is dying and you don't want it to, and so this is a call to action to change the way that you both are pouring into what this is. And I say both because a relationship cannot live if only one half of it is trying. So maybe what you need to change is like, okay, if we're going to save this, We have to both be invested in saving it, and we have to be invested in the relationship with who we are today, not who we were 10 years ago. That's one. Number two, some of you are past that point. Some of you know the relationship is dead. I just did an episode on this. If you scroll back a few episodes, you'll be able to find it called Signs Your Relationship Is Over. And it is a harsh thing to admit. And I'm speaking to you as someone who stayed in a deeply unhealthy relationship for way too long because of all of the reasons I listed earlier. I didn't want to hurt him. I was scared. I didn't want people to be mad at me. I I have four kids. I didn't want to drag them through it. I had a business with this person. Every single way that I could be entwined, I was entwined. But you know in your gut when it's time and you have known that it is time for a while. And what I need you to understand is that when we stay in relationship with someone, friends, bosses, jobs, romantic relationships, toxic family members, when you continue to be in relationship with someone and keep putting energy into something that is no longer working, you are blocking your energy in all the ways that you need it to go. If you've ever been in a relationship with someone and, like, the the relationship's dying or it sucks or you know that they're trash and you're too afraid to make a change and also you can't move ahead in your business, you can't move ahead in your career, you got a project, you can't really—and you you're like, God, everything in my life is blocked. Like, I don't understand why I'm not manifesting. I don't want, understand why this is not working— it's because you can't have energy block in one area of your life and think that it will flow in others. It's all got to flow freely or none of it can. So if you can't find the courage for any other reason, find the courage to let go of this thing that is no longer serving you because it will allow you to move forward in other areas. And by the way, those of you who are staying with someone because they're a good person, they're just not the right person for you, and you don't want to hurt them, you are hurting them because you are keeping them from the person who actually is for them. Think about that. You are holding them back from someone who is just going to piss themselves because they are so excited to be with this exact person. At some point, this becomes your own ego thinking like, oh my God, well, I, am, I must just be so great that Paul will never find anybody again if he's not with me. And it's not to say that this isn't painful. It is so painful. Going through divorce is hands down one of the most painful experiences of my entire life. And I would do it again and again and again. And I say that with no disrespect. But having walked through hell for years to get to this place, I would do it twice over. Because you don't understand that the water is boiling around you. The water is turned up by slow degrees, slow degrees, slow de- just keeps getting turned up and turned up and turned up until you're out of the water. You don't understand how bad it was. So if you needed someone to say it to you today, let me be the person. You can change your relationship. The fourth thing that you can totally change is your relationship with your body. This is the number one. Like, there is not a greater epidemic facing women today forever. And anybody who doesn't believe that's true— hasn't spent as much time working with women as I have over the last 15 years because what I can tell you is it does not matter how successful someone is it doesn't matter what she looks like even it doesn't matter what other women think of how she looks most women have a very toxic relationship with their bodies most women hate the way they look they do They don't put themselves in pictures. They think their arms are wrong. Their stomach's wrong. Their boobs are wrong. Their butt's wrong. Like, I look funny. I smell funny. I have stretch marks. I have this. I have that. Most women have some version of that and even more have lots of different self-talk about all the ways that they suck. And the problem with this is that we have been listening to this conversation running in the back of our mind for so long, we don't even hear it anymore it's just like static in the back of our mind. Like you're fat, you're ugly, your rosacea is popping and it looks disgusting. You're this, you're that, your teeth are crooked. Your eyebrows are weird. Your boobs should be bigger. Your boobs should be smaller. Like the list is endless. And every time I think that we sort of worked past this, I do a live Q and A with my audience. I do it on tour, I've done it on conferences, when I give keynote speeches for other people's events, I'll have a conversation with the audience. And inevitably, what ends up coming up is like, I'm scared to get up on stage and do a speech because I think I'm too fat. I'm scared to go for the promotion because I don't look the right way. Or I'm scared to do this thing because I was in Boston doing the tour And I'm going to put it as an episode on the show because it was such an incredible conversation that I had with this woman. But we were talking about visualizing the future version of yourself and, you know, who you wanted to be a year from now and what would this person look like. And I was trying to get her to visualize, you know, her dream self a year from today. And she was having a hard time saying the things that that woman would do or be. And she says, you know, I don't know, but I know what she would be wearing. And I'm thinking, she's about to say, I'm wearing Chanel. I'm wearing Gucci. That's probably me like <laughs> um, projecting on her that I assume that when someone imagines like a different version of themselves in the future, they're like, oh, I would wear designer clothes. Uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, tell us what you'd be wearing. And she says, shorts. That's it. She just wanted to wear shorts. And she's telling us this relationship she has with her body, and she's so embarrassed of the way that she looks. And my hand to God, you guys, she just has a normal woman's body. In fact, I would say that she had a slamming body. She had curves. She had a booty. She got some boobies. Like, she looked good. And I would venture to say that most men would look at this woman and be like, okay, yes, yes. She was so disconnected from what she actually looked like, but that's most women. So she's imagining the most incredible future she can fathom, and her vision of that is to wear shorts. And I am telling you, this woman could have put shorts on that night, and nobody would have thought it was weird. But we are so separate from what is actually happening in our bodies, because we have a really freaking toxic relationship with the way that we feel about what's going on here. So I want you to understand that that is not something you were born with. You were not born hating yourself. You were taught to hate yourself, Maybe it was because you watched mama do it. Maybe it was because you were teased growing up. Maybe it was because of your community, your religion, the media around you. But for whatever reason, you find yourself here today thinking there is something wrong with your body that works perfectly. You can change that relationship. There are lots of ways to go about that. I've done a lot of therapy on the subject. I've read a lot of books on the subject. But the first place to start is that you have to catch those thoughts when they happen. This is why a mindfulness practice is a really beautiful habit to get into. Meditation is this process, at least for me, of just observing my thoughts as they go by and not judging them and not trying to control them, but just be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I see that. And that practice allows me to then catch thoughts that I'm like, oh, no, this is not how we think. This is not how we speak about ourselves. This is not what we believe. This is not what we're going to put out into the world. Or this is like 16-year-old version of me showing up right now. This is 22-year-old version of me. This is the version of me that first opened a Cosmo and thought that I was supposed to be a sex goddess in order for any man to be attracted to me, right? Like there are all of these things that lead to why we have the beliefs that we have. But if we don't catch those beliefs when they pop into our mind, we're not going to be aware of it. The other thing that happens when you start to catch those thoughts and you start to change your relationship with the way that you feel about your body and you really practice self-love and you really are like, you know, love these boobies, love this stomach, love this butt is that I think you naturally begin to take better care of your body because you love it. So many diets and so many exercise plans have tried to teach women and men that you can hate yourself to health, like that you can hate yourself enough that then you'll work out really hard. But I've actually found that I have the greatest health, the most toned body, the most energy and vitality I've ever had has come from loving myself, not hating myself. The body I have today is because Three years ago, I started really forcing myself to learn to love what was and to stop trying to force it to become something else. It is possible to change your relationship with your body, but if you don't know that, you will continue to just go on the way that you are. The last thing I'm going to say about this is change your media. Change your media, change your media, change your media. My Instagram feed is filled with a lot of hippie shit. Like it, it is a lot. There's a lot of hippie people. There's a lot of witchy vibes. That being said, the other reason my feed is filled with a lot of hippies is that women who are hippies have the greatest body positivity of anyone I know. It doesn't matter what their body looks like. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter any of it. They're just so body positive and you can see in the way they carry themselves, they are so confident and they are so sexy and they're so beautiful. And I found that when I followed a lot more people who are like work out a lot and women who have like six pack abs and like their bodies are like cut and perfect and to each their own, like that's a whole, you go do you. But at least for me personally, it didn't make me feel better about myself. And sometimes it motivated me because I'd be like, oh, that looks great. I'm going to go try and like do that at the gym. But I found that the self-love absolutely went hand in hand with changing the media that I consumed. The last thing that you can totally change, the last thing that you should stop settling for is the balance in your bank account. It's true. This kind of goes back to changing your job or adding a side hustle The revenue that you make in your business or the money that you bring in each month is not set in stone. And even if you came from a family, even if you grew up poor, even if you had nothing, even if you don't know anybody in your environment who's ever made more than you currently make right now, this is not your ceiling. This is your floor if you decide that that is true. You could see your current annual salary. You could be like, I make $45,000 a year. This is more than my parents ever made. I'm doing the best out of all my family. This is fantastic. I'm just going to ride this right on in. Like, I live in a small town. This is plenty for me. I'm good to go. If you feel great about that, fantastic. But if you sort of wonder what it would be like to have more, to be able to help mom and daddy out, to be able to pay off some credit card bills, to be able to send your kids to a private school or take your family on vacation, then stop seeing your current salary as the highest you'll ever make. Start seeing your current salary as the lowest you'll ever make again. During my tour, there's this moment where I talk about not going backwards. And my boyfriend's been with me at every stop. And so he's heard this a lot. And it was after the show in Toronto, he was like, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and it is such a beautiful certainty to know that I will never go back. And I was like, ooh, yeah, like talk me through that. And he said, I've just never doubted that once I got to a certain level in my health, in my knowledge, in my career, I just knew in my heart that I would never go back to the days when I was starving and living in hostels and eating like Marmite and cream cheese sandwiches to survive, like, he's like, if I look back on my life, I just kept growing a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And it's so crazy when you're in it, it doesn't feel like you're making great strides. But when you look back on 25 years, it's massive. It compounds in such a massive way. And he's like, you know, I'm 46 years old and I have a whole life ahead of me. So if this is what has compounded, you know, from 20 to where I am now, my God, what's 60 going to look like? What's 80 going to look like? And I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful perspective. And it's one I wanted to give you guys today because I know that financial independence has the ability to change most people's lives. And I don't, I don't think that's for everybody. I don't think everybody cares that much about how much money they make, but most people do. And I'm not suggesting that you gotta be a millionaire or that you've gotta you know, do something crazy or you know, that that's the only way that you can have a great life. That's not true. But to be able to not worry about how you're gonna pay your bills is life-changing. The first time that I could walk into a Target and buy anything without having to look at the price tag was massive for me. I grew up with hand-me-downs and shopping at the Goodwill. Like We couldn't have afforded Target. We could maybe have afforded Walmart. So to go into Target and be like, ooh, I can get this top and I don't need to check what the price tag is, that was a huge day for me. And I am so hyper aware of this right now as the only parent my kids have I don't have to worry about how I'm gonna pay my rent. That is a massive freaking privilege. But how many of you have anxieties around money and think that that's just the way that life is? That might be the hand that you were dealt, but you don't have to keep buying into that being your only option. I don't know what it looks like for you to change. I don't know what it looks like for you to potentially, you know, have a little side hustle or, you know, do something that makes you some extra money. But I also for sure know that when women gain financial independence, when they make their own money, when they can pay their own bills, when they figure out how to turn that faucet on, we don't just take care of ourselves. We don't go buy new clothes. We don't go get a new bag. When women gain financial independence, they take care of their communities. They take care of their family. They take care of their kids. Like, it's way bigger than just having extra cash because you want to drive a nicer car. So don't be afraid of daydreaming about that. Maybe that seems scary because, like, the idea of doing something so different than your family of origin, that's that's scary. Breaking generational cycles is scary. But I just— at the very least, would love to encourage you to start to daydream about what that might be like. Again, go back to change your media, read some new books, go read Rich Dad Poor Dad, that's a fantastic place to start. Go read You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Jen Sincero, Cicero, something like that. Go find some books and arm yourself with information just to to get some ideas. You don't have to do anything drastic, but just start to, to fill your well with some different perspectives when it comes to finances because you are capable of changing the trajectory of your life in any one of the directions I talked about today. And if one of them you think would be really helpful to you and your family, or frankly, just to you, freaking chase it, go after it. Stop settling. Let this moment be the floor, not the ceiling. Let this be your moment that you're like, I cannot believe how far I've come since that day. Let this be like the before and after moment. Arm yourself with information and start trying some stuff and see what happens. I hope this episode has been really helpful to you guys. I hope that you've got some little nugget out of it. If you have, please consider sharing it, post it on your social media, send it to a girlfriend, someone who needs to hear it today. Remember, I am on tour right now. When you hear this, I probably will have already announced there's like five new cities coming. I hope you'll come hang out with us. We are having, we're peeing our pants laughing, and also having some really great conversations through Q and A. And if you need some energy, you need a little kick in the pants. Like this is for you. There was a woman who waited backstage at one of my shows recently. She like came around to the stage door. Some people like sneak around; they want to take pictures and she said, you really made a change for me today. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, it's really incredible people say that to me. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And She said, no, you don't understand. I can't remember the last time I laughed this hard. And it made me realize how little I laugh. And it was like, she kicked me in the stomach because there's so many things that, I can do with this work. And I do a lot of motivation, right? I do a lot of episodes like this one and I try and fire you guys up. And I knew that what people would expect from a tour was just a lot of motivation because that's what you're used to getting from me when it comes to a live show. But I was really intentional about like, I just want to laugh I just want to raise the vibration of the room through laughter and through connection and through being in community with other women. And this woman gave me such a gift. She was like, I can't believe how little I have been laughing. And that makes me realize that I need to change my life. And I was like, incredible. So if you're like her and you need a little laughter or you need some great energy or you need community, upcoming shows for you guys are... Nashville, Atlanta, San Diego, Sacramento. Please come hang out. Please come visit. Uh, Link is in the show notes. And I will be back soon. Until then, remember, I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. At Angel's Envy, envy is a good thing. It motivates us in the pursuit of better. It inspires moments worth talking about. Moments worth remembering. Moments that raise the bar. Like crafting a bourbon. Even the angels would envy. Angel's Envy. Worth the envy. Please drink responsibly. 2024. Angel's Envy. Bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky.